Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Dana Jacobs. Dana, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Thank you so much for having me, George. You're welcome, and let's do this. Dana is a CFP, an ADPA. She is an MBA and the co-founder of Legacy Care Wealth. I'm excited to have you on. Dana, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so I am a business owner. I'm also a proud mom. I have two very energetic little boys, ages two and five. Nice. Um, we recently moved to a more rural setting out in New Jersey in a town called Randolph. Um, we live right on a lake, actually, which is was the big draw for us. We wanted that kind of up, outdoor upbringing for our boys because um, that's how we were raised. And we know that we're sort of combating technology with raising this next generation. So I mm. wanted to give them a, a really appealing alternative. Um, although I'm sure we'll have our challenges nonetheless. Um, but yeah, my big guy, he's five. He just started a kindergarten, you know, earlier this month. And, uh, my, my two year olds, you know, just moved over to different daycare and stuff like that. But they're, they're really fun and thriving. Um, my husband and I met first day of college, been together ever since. And so, um, we're really just enjoying sort of the overall journey. We have an adorable pup who's pretty much perpetually at my feet, and I regularly step on him. Um, he's a mini husky. His name is Carter. Um, and that sort of just rounds out our family. We just like to do, like, fun outdoor activities whenever we can. We're going apple picking this weekend, for example. And um, just try to really build that quality, balanced life for ourselves and for our family. Well, I respect and appreciate that. I think that that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Talking about you have a two and a five year old boys. I've got a soon to be three year old, and then one on the way. Literally uh, seven days from today, so it looks like we'll have <laughs> kids about the same age, spaced out. And and uh, I grew up in 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 rural Minnesota uh, around lakes, so I appreciate everything yeah. you're talking about because I no longer live in that <laughs> environment. So good for you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so, um, so you tell, also asked me a little yeah. bit. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say why I do what I do, right? That's right. So, um, you know, for me, our, we were in New Jersey. Our dad always worked, you know, in New York City in finance, most recently in securities lending. That's where he spoke spent the bulk of his career. Um, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I just always had that drawn affinity towards finance. Um, I always was like a, you know, a math student. I liked the analytics of it. And, um, but for me and I did, I started my career working for, you know, a large broker dealer and did that whole circuit. But for what I loved about financial planning in particular is that it's right brain, left brain. Like my other sort of thing was my mom's like, oh, you should be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I enjoyed about it is not only do I get to dive into the weeds and do the analysis, but then I get to sit face to face with someone and really figure out what's making them tick and figure out what their fears are and what's holding them back and, um, and, by, and sort of hoping to get them to the point where there's that sigh of relief of like, okay, we can do this. 
because money is stressful. You know, um, I think 80, I might have the, the numbers inverted, but I believe um, 70% of all divorces are cited as, um, you know, financial troubles is, yep. is a big issue. And 80% of us marry people who have the opposite money personalities than we have. Mm. So it's really a lot to navigate. You know, it's definitely, it's more taboo to talk about that than sex. Um, and to me, that's just, not how it should be um, because I think there's just so much opportunity for education and awareness, especially with this time. I feel like historically money, it was always a concern, but it didn't necessarily have to be in the same way. You know, property values aren't what they are today. Again, especially I'm in the New York city metropolitan area. People didn't have student loans, six figure student loans like they have today. Um, most folks worked for one one to two employers over the bounds of their careers. They had a nice pension. They didn't really have to worry about savings for retirement. We weren't living as longer. We didn't have as high medical expenses in those years. Um, and so a lot of the family support has just shifted immensely onto us <laughs> as opposed to, you know, on our employers and the government and such. So there's just this opportunity for to, for us to have so much um, like financial independence if we so cho- choose to and have the tools for it. But at the same time, it can be so much more stressful if you feel like you don't have that those tools in place and the right systems in place. And that's really, for me, what gets me fired up is being able to, like I said, do the analysis, dive into the weeds, but then also sit next to people and try to get them to that point of like, ah, like we got this. Um, get couples on the same page, um, bring awareness and education and give them a platform for them to say, well, what if? And that that's to me like the opportunity here. I love it. It's certainly speaking my language there. So when, <laughs> when, when you say help people get on the same page and answer the question, what if? What does that mean? What does what if mean? Yeah, so a lot of times we start the meetings with like, you know, our very first meeting when we sit down with someone, it is really about what are your goals in life? What would make you happy? What does retirement really look like to you? We use that word as if it's a one size fits all thing. It's so not. Um, what's most important to you? What's your core values? Like where, where does your heart go immediately? What are the financial responsibilities you feel like you have to do, but you probably aren't as emotionally invested in and really finding all of those sort of basic tenets of what's, making them tick from a financial planning perspective. Then we put together a financial plan based on that. And once they see that, they say, okay, we have a roadmap. Fine. And then I sit back and say, well, what if? And, you know, is there anything else that now that you see that there's, okay, a general path that we can work with, is there something else that's been, that jumps out at you? And usually as a part of this process, people do start thinking a little differently. And they say, well, what if I retired or we relocated or I did this other opportunity for the time being, or we go back to school for this. Um, What if I can start contributing into an account now to help my parents down the road? Those kinds of things, you know, buying a second property, of course, the boat, all that kind of stuff too. And, And then people really start thinking on a more creative way about their own finances instead of just a lot of times we get in the rut of life and we put our head down and we just keep going and motoring through and we never take that step back and like take the you know the the, take in the scene from the balcony being able to really be a little more creative and hands-on with planning our own lives and that's really that what if moment for me 
um, and working with clients. And that's, that really happens over time, of course, and it's forever evolving, but that's really where I think the power comes in to help us get to the point where, where we're making the financial decisions now to really bring up all that value into our lives. Got it. Oh, I love it. I think that's, I think that's really well said. And obviously people come to you uh, at different stages. Some people come to you and I imagine it feels like you're an emergency medical technician showing up on the scene of a terrible accident. (laughs) You need to stabilize people and then, you know, get them to triage and then figure out, okay, here's where we need to go. And you probably meet with some people who, who have their foundation pretty well set and they're doing some good saving, but it's more a matter of, um, maybe be more colorful and, and, and paint a, a, maybe a deeper, richer picture of, of what they want. Do you find that, that, that people have a, a harder time with certain areas? Is it, is it thinking about this kind of stuff? Is it talking about this kind of stuff? Is, is, is it all of it? Just talk to me, talk to me about the process. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, in my ideal world, everyone comes in, I do that full-blown financial plan, I create an implementation guideline, we start doing the what-ifs and the creative planning, and we're step-by-step with them interacting as we work through the financial plan and, and evolving as life evolves with them. There are so many times where it takes probably a year and a half to actually get to the point where we sit down and do a full-blown financial plan because someone just lost a job and they're having to move and, you know, bills are piling up or Um, I mean, we've had clients declaring bankruptcy when they're coming to us and all this kind of stuff. And so um, it really, it really depends case by case. Um, For me, I really find that it's tapping into, uh, first off, bringing awareness has been the time and time again, especially for the people that come to us in that sort of latter phase that you mentioned of, um, being ready to just take the next steps, really do some goal planning, fine tuning a lot of what they have going on and wanting to make sure they're preparing themselves. And usually they're preparing a family at that point for a financial future. A lot of times those folks are really much more able to take that step with me and walk that journey with me. And, um, and it's really about making sure there aren't any fears in the way and bringing that awareness so that like when we start talking about cash flow and being able to direct money towards savings and goals, then we go back to them and we're like, Oh, we noticed spending's down, you know, just like a few hundred dollars a month. Did you notice that you're doing anything different? And a lot of times they're like, you know, it's just really like just being aware, just realizing, just not working on autopilot. Um, that, that has really started to create a lot of behavioral shifts. And then we do like auto, we do a lot of automated accrual accounts. So the same way you put money into your 401k and you feel like you never even had it, we do the same thing with, with a lot of um, the other goals that we're working on. And we just, we tend to find that sort of save first and then live off the balance and make, make sure that, that, you know, is aligned with what you can do on your day-to-day lifestyle. Like that seems to be really effective. And then really stripping away those fears. Like a lot of times couples have true fears about money based on something that happened with their parents or their grandparents that they probably don't even clearly voice. And usually when they try to voice it, their spouse might be hearing something different because of what their experiences are. And so when you talk about fears, it's really just being able to be there sort of as a mediator to be like, this is their experience and this is why they've identified this way with the specific situation. Um, even if they don't think that they're having conflict about money, they have different beliefs about money and they're not going to change their beliefs, but it's just really about bringing like that awareness, 
understanding what the fear triggers are for the other party, and then everyone's more on a cohesive same page to be able to make better financial decisions. Got it. Um, I think that that's great. And when you initially said awareness, I wasn't sure exactly what it is that you meant. If it's just, you know, is it awareness of, <laughs> of, of how money works? But it's much, much deeper than that. You're talking about being aware of, of how it is that, that, that I'm consuming things, right? It's like, oh, you guys haven't spent yeah. you know, an extra $150 the last two months. Is there something different? Or being aware of the different fears that people have and, and our hangups because we all have them. So mm-hmm. I think that's such an important thing. Yeah. And then in terms of, of automating our finances, I think that it's proven out that, that auto-enroll and auto-escalate, all those cool features on 401k plans yeah. have been effective just because um, there's a lot of things that we maybe don't want to do but but we need to do. And the more that we can take that out of our own hands, <laughs> and the same is it's yeah. true for me, then, then probably the better. And you talked a little bit about how when you're first sitting down with people, how you know, people have certain responsibilities that they maybe are not that emotionally invested in, but you still have to do those things. And if you're not in the habit of doing those things, you're not going to have success. Right. So do you find that, uh, is, do you think that that's a matter of that, that when it comes to saving for, for long term, we have all these other demands on on our time and our money like you were talking about like how its property values are way higher we have student loans and medical expenses and there's not any pensions going back to the awareness thing maybe it is a matter of we just haven't woken up to the fact that it's going to be totally on us to save right and a lot of people are waking up to it but um probably in later stages um or it's just been this quiet thing that's been haunting people but they're afraid it just sort of, it's like this, you know, you put your head in the sand and you're just afraid to address it because you feel like you're going to unearth a lot of stuff that you're not quite ready for. Um, but unfortunately when it comes to money in a lot of these ways, it's really about, it's about, it, it's in my perspective, it's less about where you're investing the money and more about the fact that you're actually taking the steps to start saving in some way, shape or form. Um, so, for me, it's really just about making sure people are able to sort of, like to your point, not, you know, to, to let them know that, yes, this is something we you should be doing, but it's also something you can be doing, and here's why. Hmm. And we're your advocates for you, and we're your educators, and we can help implement all these changes. And we just do working sessions with clients, especially my ongoing clients, where it's like the stuff that they know they need to do, but they haven't been able to do, where we just like sit there together, and we screen share, and I'll walk them through step by step um, all the things that we can, we can be doing and can be automating and seeing how that works. And literally, they're just sitting there clicking buttons, and then usually they feel terrible because they're like, "I should have done this forever ago." <laughs> um, and I say, "No, it's it's a, it, you know, but this is why we're doing it now. Like, we it's important to understand our past because it helps inform our future. But at the same time, I don't believe in punishing anyone for their past uh, and and just empowering you to take the steps now. Because um, unfortunately, a lot of times, like you let that past take control of your actions today, and that is when people get really, really stuck. And that's why I say, you know what? I know you haven't done any of your homework from the last session or the past four sessions. Let's just schedule <laughs> a working session together. Um, and they're like, okay. And then they just like suddenly feel like it's, there's a time allotted for this. 
and I can handhold them through it and, and really like helps empower them and they take a step back and they're like, that wasn't so bad. So it's a lot, it's a lot of that kind of work as well. And that's just such a real thing. And that, and that's, I think that probably people think that they're, that it's unique to them. It's, this is something only a dummy like me would do. But in fact, it's the vast majority of us all suffer from, um, I, I, I guess the term is, is maybe procrastination or avoidance behavior, whatever. Yeah. So finding an environment, and that's if it's in Dana's office or if it's, if it's with a, a good friend that you can have conversations about where you're in an environment where you're safe. Well, I, I hate the term safe space, but when, you, when, when, when you're in a... Yeah a safe space to be able to have these kind of conversations. And then the next step, which you talked about is really helping encourage people to be engaging in these difficult behaviors and following through on things. And that's what the, everyone thinks they're going to come into me and I'm going to be shocked about like all these <laughs> things that they haven't oh done God. or should have done or they did in the past or whatever. And for me, it's just, it all is it's putting together pieces of a puzzle it's not it's totally judgment free i mean instead of saying safe space i say judgment free (laughs) um and it's really just about putting together all those pieces of a puzzle and um and honestly i've probably heard worse we've we've seen and heard so so much um just from working in this industry because people do come to you with sort of bearing it all and at the same time i find out that the boyfriend's proposing to the girlfriend before anyone else because he needs to figure out how to save for, you know, an engagement ring Um, or that they're expecting a child or that they lose a child or that they're going to help, you know, their parents, you know, buy a second house or something like that. So I, so it, it, you know, it comes with both sides of the coin. Like I just love being so integrated with someone's life events because if we think money and life are two separate things then we're fooling ourselves, Um, they are so aligned. And for me, it's about, it's money is a tool that we can use to get to where we need to be. And it's not about accumulating a lot. It's about making sure it's just placed and directed in ways that will give you safety, security, and value in your day-to-day life. And that's really like our fundamental tenant there. So um, it's, it's really, like I said, <laughs> we've seen, we've seen it all. Um, and we've probably, you know, just like there's so many stories we could tell, which we never would. So um, it's just really about taking that opportunity to make sure you can engage and have these conversations and take the right, right steps to get this off of your, you know, your plate completely and, and close that loop in your brain of all the things you should be doing and you know you're not, which is it's just, it's so empowering. It frees you up to do the other things that mean a lot to you in your life, which is great. I love it. Well, Dana, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> Um, this is totally one that I stole from, I forget which other podcaster I listen to so, so many. Um, but, you know, it's it's totally for me just about finding a way to achieve a 1% difference a day. It's about a lot of incremental changes, but you look back over a period of time and you can really see huge shifts in your life and in other lives. And whether it's little things when it comes to money, like um, setting sort of a personal budget, or even for me, I love transactions, like trying to limit your transactions in a given day to let's say 10 transactions a day. Cause you'd be surprised how many times you pull out money or a card to put gas in the car, to pick up a coffee, to grab a bite out, um, to pick up something for your kid. And really just, if you say like, Oh, can I go today with nine transactions instead of 10 and just see what different choices you might make. Um, so just find little opportunities for 1% better or different a day. 
and you just look back and you really can see what a shift that might make in your in your whole life trajectory. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Dana, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Um, find us on the website, www.legacycarewealth.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, legacy underscore care. Um, or you could follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Dana Jacobs, D-A-N-N-A. Um, that's about it. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dana your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to LegacyCareWealth.com. Find them on Twitter as well as LinkedIn, and I will list all of those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Dana. Thank you. Bye. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!